0: be lying if I said I thought I was gonna win. But like, I, what, what do you expect me to feel? Like how yeah. do you expect me to react to that? It's so
1: cliche. Like this is such a beauty queen <laughs> answer. Did you face anything like that? And how did you overcome it if you did? I'm still facing it.
0: Miss Universe Thailand 2021! M U T Song, and Angele!
1: Meet Anjali Scott Chemis, a Thai Australian model and Miss Universe Thailand 2021, who defied Thai beauty standards and campaigned for what she believed in. She joins us today on the podcast to discuss her experience, opinions, morals, family bonds, and love life. Let's get right into today's podcast with our special guest, Anjali Scott-Kemis. Over 75% of the people watching this video are not subscribed. Could you please take a moment to subscribe to the Tiger Podcast? It would really help us out. Let's start with our first question today. So most people know you as Miss Universe Thailand 2021 and your campaign, Real Size Beauty. But can you tell us a bit more about yourself? uh, Something most people don't know, like how you were raised, where you were raised and how did you get into this industry in the first place?
0: Um, so, I I actually grew up here in Bangkok, mm. so I, I'm half Thai, half Australian, so I went to an international school here called NIST. Um, and I was just raised in a very multicultural, I think, society and a community, so... A lot of how I think, or a lot of how I, a lot of ways I portray myself, tend to be quite multicultural. Mm-hmm. And when I when I'm able to look at different things through different lens of culture, I think it it led me to be kind of where I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going into pageantry, especially being half Thai and half Western, I guess mm-hmm. it, you always kind of get told to like, oh, you should model, or mm-hmm. you should. You should go into this. You should go into that. So it was like always in the back of my mind. But I never wanted to do something if there was no purpose in doing it. Mm-hmm. And because I looked at things through a multicultural lens, mm-hmm. I saw that there was this major gap in beauty standards here. And beauty privilege here is so massive, whether mm-hmm. we want to admit it or not. So that's kind of how I got into it. I wanted to, I wanted to stand up for something. Mm-hmm. And... I chose that path because it was always engraved in my head as mm.
1: growing up mixed race. So you mentioned about mixed race here and a lot of okay people in Thailand especially uh, are mixed race and they have this issue of identity crisis. They can't really identify themselves with anything. Did you face anything like that and how did you overcome it if you did? I'm still
0: facing it. I definitely am. I think... My my mom always taught me to to pull all the good aspects of my two cultures and mm-hmm. kind of like combine them into one. But from being like an international school kid to going to uni in Australia and then having to come back here and fully integrate into the Thai society is something I still struggle with mm-hmm. every day. My my team is Thai, the way a lot of people think or I'm surrounded by is fully Thai and there's always that thing where it's like you're a kid, you don't know much. But if you compare it to, you know, the Western world or or elsewhere, everyone kind of has like that equal voice, you know. And yeah. I think it happens through like the hierarchical society that Thailand kind of just
1: has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I can't say that I've overcome it yet. It's yeah. still a struggle. But, who, but which side do you identify yourself with more? Is it the west si- Western side or like the Thai side? I think Western. Mm. Yeah,
0: I think a lot of mindset I think those little attributes that make you more of a a westernized thinker I think that's more me but if you look at like how you treat others like the sense of respect and respect for your elders especially that that's definitely come from the Thai side Mm -hmm.
1: but in mindset and perspective I would say western I think it's a good blend to be honest the two things that you picked up from both sides I
0: try but you know how the Thai society sometimes has a lot of attributes and a lot of traits are so unique to to yeah. just Thailand. It is extremely difficult to one understand it and to try to try to even
1: understand it. So, can you give us an example because most of our viewers are foreigners. They wouldn't relate to this. So, can you just give us an example?
0: The biggest one that I still struggle with is like elders know best.
1: Mm. That is something that I
0: I I think can be a huge problem and I think it's also generational you know like I think the newer generation whether it's millennials or gen z or whatnot tend to be more respectful of each other's opinions and if you don't agree just say it and explain why mm. but you you look into like a parent's age for example okay. and it's you you, sh- you tend to always have to listen to them and if you question them you're kind of they're like that's disrespectful. But you also hear that this tends to happen a lot in Thai schools Yes. where you don't really question the teacher. You kind of go with what the teacher says. Mm-hmm. So it's all ingrained, I feel like. So that's definitely a struggle I've had being a mix of Thai and a mix of Australian.
1: Okay, so let's talk a little bit more now about your your campaign. Um, how did your campaign, The Real Size Beauty, come about? What inspired you? Where did it start? I think the like
0: the first point like 0.01 mm-hmm. would be when I was 13. Okay. So when I was 13, I was casting for like just to to be a model, mm-hmm. just to make like pocket money. Yeah. <laughs> but the the casting director said that I had to lose 10 kilos at the age of 13. And when you're 13, you're you're too young to for sure. should sure. understand a lot of things. But the only thing I knew was I was angry. And I was like, why, why am I so angry? Like, I don't understand. Um, so growing up, like, I just naturally distanced myself from the entertainment industry or the modeling industry and pageantry because of that specific incident. Because mm-hmm. why would I want to put myself in a situation where I have to be discriminated about my body? Yeah. Something I was born with. Um so, yeah, after I, like, strayed away from it, I went to – I just ca- carried on with life, went to in Australia. And no one talked about my body. Not a single person talked about whether I gained weight or lost weight or if mm. this or that doesn't fit my body or, like, I have a bit of back fat, like, sticking yeah. out, you know. But you come back to Thailand and it's like, did you gain weight? Wait, maybe you shouldn't wear that. It's how they greet you. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So I was like, that's not okay because – one, if we've gained weight, trust me, it's something that we already know. Our, fa- our pants don't don't fit the same. Our shirt doesn't fit the same. It's, yeah. it's quite condescending. I feel like mm. it's stuff that we already know. Mm-hmm. You don't need to label us that way. So then I was just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this anymore. And I think the rest of the world has gone so far in body acceptance and and it's not even about like just body positivity. It's just about accepting you for you and you're measuring your worth beyond how y- your body looks. Mm-hmm. So that's initially how it started. And then it was a matter of coming up with a campaign name that mm-hmm. that people would remember, but mm-hmm. that was still relatable. So Real Size Beauty was essentially just a a thought where it was about standing up for people who are real size like mm. everyday size people you see on the streets mm. people you see when you go out yeah that kind of thing and yeah that, that's that's kind of how it came about
1: but then you mentioned that you wanted to be far away from the entertainment industry so what brought you back into it and then went to compete in Miss Universe Thailand <laughs> it's just so it's a bit of a weird story
0: yeah. um So I came back to Thailand in 2020 Mm. uh, when COVID was so bad in Australia, but Thailand had seemed to get it under control. Uh, So I came back just to be with my parents. I didn't want to live alone in Australia. Mm. It was quite a tough time. And I got scouted by a brand. Mm. Um, I can just, uh, Pomelo, Uh, Mm. someone at Pomelo came and was like, you should model for us. And I was a big party animal back then. Mm. And I was like, okay, my parents aren't going to give me any more money to to go party. And I'm just finishing uni the the last semester online. So why not, you know, yeah. pocket money on the side, I can go party. Um, so yeah, I did my first like shoot and I was like, oh, like I can keep doing this. Yeah. I don't need to ask mom and dad for money. It was kind of more of a like a kid's mindset Mm -hmm. you know like I don't need to think about much it's yeah anyway so it led to that and then um in the back of my mind I've I've always thought about Miss Universe Thailand and especially right now with the past couple years it's been a growing kind of a growing sector not a sector what do you call it like organization Mm -hmm. yes um so I just thought, you know what why not just for fun like good life experience before I really like put my head down, find a job back in Australia, become like mm. a corporate girl. But I found a team that that really believed in the same thing. So we did that with that purpose. Mm. I'd be lying if I said I thought I was going
1: to win. Okay.
0: Because I had no experience whatsoever. Like I, I just came in like full with my heart that Mm. was really what it was like did i want to win yes but it just seems so far away Mm. and when i came in with a purpose it was like you know what like i'm willing to cop all the bad stuff for the change and then i won so it kind of like everything got thrown off whack yeah like all my stuff still in australia because i never planned on staying here uh so yeah, there was no like we integrated back in, it just kind of happened and here we are now. Yeah.
1: yeah. But you said that because it was everything was so unplanned. How did you cope with everything? Cuz then there is responsibilities, then there's criticisms, there's so many things that you have to take in. How did you deal with all of that? It didn't
0: straight up. I didn't. I just Existed my way through everything. Like I, I knew I had responsibilities. I knew I had a role to play. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, like when you carry a title, or when you go to work, or when you go into different TV programs or acting, it's all a role. You, mm-hmm. like, you get, you kind of put on this role, and then you just do it. But at the end of the day, like I never really coped. You know, I'd come home and I'm, st- I was still twenty-two year old, twenty-three year old Anne. So. Yeah, I can't answer that. Like I think it's still something I, I try to cope with mm. now because it's, it's not normal for people to yeah come up to you on the street and ask you for a photo when you're
1: just... Yeah, it must be overwhelming
0: as well. It was, yeah, it really was. But at the same time, with all that attention comes so many responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest part was more so, how do I stay true to myself despite all these changes? Because it's so easy to kind of let yourself go and just like float this comfort of like privilege that comes with the title yeah um so yeah
1: I I still haven't coped (laughs) I can't imagine it can be very overwhelming and I felt like for your year you had really short time to prepare yourself because I felt like once you were chose and then it was a few months then you have to like fly to israel to compete compared to days right 20 days so what happened during those 20 days can you share like the experience of that 20 days preparing yourself for the pageant you know it's a bit of a blur
0: so the i a lot of people have asked me what what i was thinking Mm. right after i won Mm -hmm. when they announced my name i can't tell you i don't remember it was just such a blur and that blur really carried to the next even like two months after competing. So after I won I had to wake up at 5am the next day and I was just I was so confused you know but it entailed like it included a lot of press a lot of training a lot of um, work events all that stuff. I remember I would be coming home at 11 12 on a Mm -hmm. good day and i'd be at the house by like 6 7 a.m wow and it really was just preparing for the competition working really taking advantage of like all the opportunities that came Mm -hmm. um but it was essentially probably the most tiring time of my life i can't imagine because you were at it every day yeah but i think it's things that people don't know you see like a lot of stuff goes behind the scenes for Mm. the stuff that gets portrayed on the media to Mm -hmm. come out the way it does and i'm not saying it's a bad thing but i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm Mm -hmm. just saying it is what it is that's just how it is and mind you like before that i was competing at miss universe thailand Mm -hmm. so it was the same routine for two months, and then you go to Miss Universe for two weeks. So I was I was on the last inch of energy for the past three months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I couldn't tell. We couldn't
1: tell that you were at last inch of but, energy. But that's
0: what I mean, right? It's yeah. so like so much work goes behind something for for you guys to be able to see something that's of high quality. Yes, I guess. Um, but. Preparing for it was yeah a lot of things that you c- you could have guessed like speech training I always had to read the news I always had to practice my walk I always had to learn how to communicate with different people mm-hmm. and then it was always like the fun fashion stuff which is yeah. like you did your look books which yeah. we shot for three days it was so tiring like different earring like hundred different outfits you're taking your earring out like change shoot change shoot mm-hmm. um, but it was definitely fun you know it. it led me to grow a lot
1: as a 23-year-old, you know, 22-year-old. What would you say was the most valuable experience from from that time for you that you can use and adapt to what your life now?
0: It forced – ooh,
1: the most valuable one. Because I feel like it has shaped you to who you are today. Because you were saying that you were a party girl and now you have – a role to play yeah and you can't just fade away now because people know you yeah um learning not to care
0: Mm. i think like picking my battles yeah i think when you get put in the spotlight so quickly like quite literally overnight Mm -hmm. um you you get a lot of hate that comes with it naturally you know whatever you do you're gonna get positive comments and you're getting negative ones but as a 22 year old who who's never had to hold any responsibilities Mm. because mum and dad always took care of me, you have to learn really quickly how to kind of let this go, focus on this, this is worth fighting for, this isn't. And with that, you kind of learn what your values are now Mm. and how how to really push away noise and focus on what really matters. So I would say picking your battles would be the biggest lesson. That's
1: a good one. Actually, like when you were competing, there was a lot of positive comments and a lot of people cheering for you. But we can't deny that there were some negative comments and online bullying as well, which some I felt went way too far. How, how did you deal with that in the beginning? Of course, like it's natural for a human being to go through comments and especially the bad ones you remember the bad ones so how do you deal with that
0: i i went to go see see a a psychologist actually Mm, like a a counselor because it it got to a point where i didn't know how to kind of like categorize everything Mm -hmm. critical like criticism became hate when that's just not what it is It's, it's constructive criticism and the good just didn't matter anymore at that point in time because you were so consumed in the negative energy. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people can relate to is like, you know, when you're sad, you kind of just want to be in your ball of sadness. Yes. And the more you let yourself be in it, the more you drag yourself down. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying don't be sad, you know, it's, it's a normal human mm-hmm. emotion that I think we all need to feel. Mm-hmm. But... It got to the point where I just, I didn't want to be picked up. Like I just, I was in my ball of sadness and I couldn't go back and change the result. I couldn't go back and yeah, compete again. So I had to go see someone to help me just categorize everything. And what he taught me was actually to look at it in a different realm Mm. so I was focusing on like pageantry you know like yeah. pageant fans of course they're gonna hate me like I didn't bring back the third crown I didn't yeah. even make it into top 16 but why don't you think about it in the light of you know pe- women who aren't confident and you you manage to to really shift the conversation to shift the perspective so that when when you have someone helping you through all that that's that helps a lot talking about it letting it out really helps a lot and yeah Mental health is something that I don't think people understand enough of. I agree. Yet, but something as simple as talking, you know, just talking it out to mm. someone who's willing to listen. Sometimes you don't even want to hear advice. You just want to let it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really And I think I
1: it's very think. courageous of you to really put yourself out there for especially other people as well that are not confident. And you're willing to go through all of that just to, because you believe in it. And there are so many other people who believe in it, but they're just too scared for the criticism, for the backlash. But you put yourself out there. And I think that's very, very admirable. And a lot of Thank girls you. here in our office and the people I know really admire you for that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, and we
1: appreciate you for that. Thank so you. even though it was like there's some bad stuff, but there's like the good stuff is way, way better. Yeah,
0: yeah. but I I... I I have to be honest, yeah. I did not know there would be that much criticism. You see, if I knew that from the beginning, I'd probably be a lot more scared. Mm. Um, but it just, I think it shows how important a support system is yeah. for for anyone, you know, mm. having people close to you who love you for you, who believe in you as well. I think that goes a longer way.
1: But I think it's because you were unique, for for a beauty pageant as well because especially for Thailand where diversity is not a thing yet Mm -hmm. here we have to admit that and you were there and people were didn't know what to take of it like oh wow like you're really pretty but you're not the beauty pageant type so it was just a lot of eyes on you so it's natural to get a lot of criticism and it's really it would be really tough for anyone to go through. And you coming out of it graciously was amazing. Thank
0: really. you. I really appreciate that.
1: So can I ask you more about uh, Miss Universe itself? Because you've been there and a lot of girls are like, oh, wow, Miss Universe. You know, yeah. What is it like being there in person?
0: A lot of people think it's like a war between like a beauty lot of, queens. Yes. It's really not. Like We're all just trying to figure it out together. It's some... Um, It's a really fun time where you really do get to do what you want to do Mm. and make friends while you're at it. Like who else can say they can fly anywhere in the world and they'll they'll know someone there. You know, it's it's quite a special experience. It's fighting for something that we both we all want. Mm hmm. And it's quite magical to see different people have different game plans as well. I mean, okay. at the end of the day, it is a competition, mm-hmm. but we know that there's only one winner. Yes. And because we know that as well, it it lets us enjoy it so much more. Aww. Like it's it's quite a fun time. I it's hard to explain,
1: but it's warm. It's a very warm feeling. So you're say- so? What you're saying is like the dyna- dynamics between the girls. It's not actually intense at all but some countries
0: are a bit intense you know yeah you can you can guess what countries are intense no yeah. if you know enough about this universe yeah. but for the most part no like it's it's we're sitting eating breakfast together complaining about how tired we are cuz we woke <laughs> up at 4am you yeah. know like it's that bond that you build through the challenges and the toughness and the lack of sleep like mm-hmm. it It's something that no one else would understand unless they've gone through that together. So it makes it a really special bond.
1: Mm. So what would be the most memorable experience that you could remember during that time? I know it's a blur to you, but maybe there's a highlight. Would it be Miss Universe Thailand or Miss Universe itself? Miss Universe itself. Memorable.
0: I would say... I have to, uh, it's so cliche, like this is such a beauty queen answer, <laughs> but it's, it's going to Israel and experiencing the culture because Israel's not really a country most people would think of visiting, yes. traveling to, experiencing. Yeah. Going to Israel itself, having the opportunity to go there and really our only purpose was to learn about their culture, to mm-hmm. sightsee, to help promote the country um, in terms of the tourism side. That is a very unique experience mm-hmm. because it is so different to what a lot of us are used to. You know, the people are a lot friendlier, um, but people, depending on what city, are quite different. There's Jerusalem, which we went to that was like Jerusalem in itself, you know. It's, yeah. it's, hard, to, it's hard to really explain it. But, yeah, I'd say experiencing a different culture and a culture I never thought I would experience mm-hmm. it's so cliche
1: no it's not cliche it's I can understand that and is that your first time visiting Israel
0: yeah yeah I've never thought of going to Israel you know it's 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 just not really a touristy country you think of visiting mm-hmm. yeah
1: and are you still friends with any of the girls from Miss Universe
0: oh uh, you keep in touch let's say Yeah, keeping. We have. We still have a WhatsApp group chat that everyone like messages all the time. But uh, I talk to. I talk to Australia quite a bit, Miss Universe Australia. Um, Here and there, the rest are like here and there kind of thing. Mm. But it's. It's interesting to see that we've all taken a very different path now. Like each of us are doing very different things. Uh, I talk to. Miss Universe, like the one who won my year, a little bit when she came to Thailand and after she left, so it it all depends, yeah, but a little bit to an extent, yeah, yeah, so that's good though touch. to have like
1: friends around the world,
0: yeah, yeah. and some already, have, some of them already have kids, like really? they had a baby, like two had babies already, one has one on the way, which is so crazy, cause.
1: I feel like it wasn't long ago, like a year?
0: One year ago,
1: <laughs> literally one year ago. So, Okay, okay things went fast things, for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now talking back into like coming back into Thailand now, um, talking about diversity here a little bit, I can personally, I can relate that Thai, in Thai culture, Thai society, we don't really understand the word diversity, even though we would say, oh, no, we understand it well, we can accept it do you feel like we actually understand the word diversity in Thai society in your opinion because you're no. immersed in like no. different aspects of it no how do you think we need to improve it?
0: I think it's it's so tough you know like I I think we need to improve in every aspect mm. we We've begun to accept you know like oh, we have accept LGBTQ plus like that community a lot because it's a very dominant community in Thailand, and mm-hmm. their voices are quite loud. but in terms of skin color, size, all that stuff, I think we have such a long way to go like you you go outside of Bangkok. And people are still greeting each other based on
1: their skin colour. You mm. know,
0: like they'll call you like come like come here black person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I you know, know what I mean? I'm like, sorry, but
1: this is so true. It is. Yeah. So yeah.
0: until you can change that, I don't think there is too much one person can do. Mm, it's I a agree. very collective thing because you're actually shifting the culture. Mm-hmm. You're shifting something that's been ingrained in people for so long. And they might not mean it in a bad way, but I think it's the person receiving it. Like, if you hear a comment, someone calling you like, you know, like, come here, big one, like big girl. Like, what, what what do you expect me to feel? Like, how yeah. do you expect me to react to that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it would probably have to start with like starting the conversation Mm -hmm. or making the conversation louder Mm -hmm. but diversity I think you have to think about it in a different realm like it's no one wants to be the same as another person like if we allow it to just be how it is I think we'd see a lot more new perspectives Mm -hmm. a lot more innovation because you're not really pushing these people down anymore the way that you kind of subconsciously do in Thailand Mm. um yeah, we've got a long way to go. Yeah. Really long way to go. So, so I have to ask,
1: this is just out of my own curiosity here. So you're in the model industry and in Thailand, there is a standard for models which yeah. you have to be skinny or you have to be a happy, a lookung, you know, to be a successful model. And now you're in that industry and you bring in this real size beauty campaign. But because you were already established, so you went into the industry seamlessly what about what do you think in terms of plus size modeling in thailand do you think it's already good enough does it need improvement how it can be improved it needs a lot of improvement um
0: i get called a plus size model and i don't find anything wrong with it for me because i like i said i learned how to pick my battles but I know I don't represent all of the plus-size community mm. because I, I'm i a lot taller and because I'm taller, my body kind of like it stretches out more, mm. you know? You need more representation. You need to know what clothes or accessories or whatnot would look on someone similar to your body. Mm-hmm. And it's still a very... I'm trying to think of the word to say it without coming off like
1: attacking, okay. you know? It can
0: be real here. Um it's competitive and mm. it's it's still you need to lose ten kilos, you need to lose five kilos. Ooh, like that doesn't look good on you. It makes you look short, it makes you look stubby. Like these comments are are still very toxic. There is still, oh, there's still um people telling others to get plastic surgery. That's still a thing. Really? Yeah, like, you should go do your nose. Go get a nose job. Go get... Like, right lip, to your face. Right to your face. It's still... It's still very prominent. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to admit that if I were to come in to that industry just as every day and it'd be a lot different to me right now going in with with the the title like at the back you know Mm -hmm. so yeah we've got such a long way to go so what
1: would you say or give an advice to someone who wants to be a model but doesn't fit the norm or the beauty standard in thailand what would be your suggestion for them or advice i
0: would say make sure it's something you really want to do Mm. and nothing is worth you harming your mental health for it is a really tough community industry to be in because it is purely based on looks you know like this look doesn't suit these clothes and it's it's not a personal thing. Like they're not attacking you personally. They're attacking kind of in the sense of you don't match the brand or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But if it's something you really want to do fight like hell for it, Mm. it will be worth it. If it's something you want to do Mm -hmm. it, it has a lot of growing to do. And if, especially if you come in right now, Mm. it, there's not that much competition yet but you do see the shift Mm -hmm. fight like hell for it make sure it's what you want never harm your mental health for it and don't take things personally Mm. yeah because there's still that sense of people not really speaking before they think like there's they don't know the impact it has on you so don't take it personally and make sure you have a good support system Mm, yeah that's really important
1: i feel like you're very mature from for for you for your age with the experience i mean because you've been through so so much so how would you how would i phrase this um how do you deal with Toxic comments, especially in the model industry, that even though if you're not plus size, even if you're normal or if you already fit the beauty stand, there's always gonna be a negative comment, and you will probably have to hear it every day at some point. Like, oh no, this looks ugly on you, oh no, your hair is something wrong with it. How do you deal with it every day, day in, day out? Someone criticizing you every day.
0: I've decided. Not to care. Mm. I've made that conscious decision to just, that's your problem. At the end of the day, if I don't feel comfortable in something, I will say it. And know that there's so much more to my life than just how I look, Mm. how someone perceives me and the clothes I wear.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: the criticism it's always going to be there but at the end of the day like I've chosen I've chosen to find happiness it's so cliche again but I've chosen to find happiness in the most simplest things and because I can find happiness in that I just don't care about the other stuff Mm. and it sounds terrible like it really does but who else is gonna save me? You know, like yeah. who else is gonna look out for me but me? Yes, doesn't mean I'm not gonna do my job the way I need to do it. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna give it a hundred percent. But at the end of the day, end of the day, if you don't like it, I don't care.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. Otherwise, I feel like it's impossible to be living with criticisms every yeah. day. You're gonna get it all the
0: time, you know. And like, like I said, in every single industry. If you're going to do something that's not a part of who you are or like your core or your values, I feel like you shouldn't do it. You know, you shouldn't have to put up with it. You shouldn't have to have someone force their insecurities or their issues onto you that's not your battle that's not something you're responsible for Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day like all these negative comments is a reflection of them more than anything and you never know what someone's going through you know they might have issues at home they might be struggling with this and that Mm -hmm. so when you don't take it personally
1: and you just not care yeah okay now let's move on to some lighter stuff i feel we've been talking about negativity toxic comments i've noticed that you have a really good relationship with your family yeah and you're really close to your brother can you share about this relationship and how close you are and how it shaped you to become you who you are today
0: my brother is everything to me he he's more like an older brother but he's younger um We're only a year and a a half uh, in age difference. Yeah, Yeah, so because of that, I think we just naturally kind of Mm. get closer and closer. Um, He's quite a philosophical guy. Mm -hmm. He's 21, so he's in uni and we're both very understanding people, I think. So because we're both very understanding, we can talk about anything Mm -hmm. and it's just like... Yeah, cool, you know? And when you're so open with each other, you build that bond mm-hmm. a lot more. But mum and dad always always kind of said like at the end of the day, you only have each other, like Ken and I only have each other. So yeah, you you just we just grew close bec-
1: really because of that comment, too, mm. actually. I think this is very true because I can relate to that cuz my parents like brought me up, telling me that oh, you have only each other, yeah, and we are really close. And the reason that I'm bringing this up because during your beauty pageant days, you brought him in in your live sessions and introduced him to the world as well. So that shows that you have a unique relationship because normally they don't really introduce their siblings, right? It's not a yeah. common thing.
0: I he thinks like me.
1: I think we have a very similar
0: kind of mindset except i think the difference would be i really focus on personal feelings like i when i talk to someone i care about how they would feel yeah while ken is a lot more rational he do, he gives you more of a logical explanation to things so i think it goes very well together when we have discussions about things and that's why i pulled him in because i really think what ken has to say is valuable and the importance of having communication and open communication and be willing to share your opinions and thoughts if you choose to share it of course mm-hmm. and it doesn't disrespect other people so when I, I wanted to give him that platform as well to help share mm-hmm. his thoughts because at the end of the day like there's something really special about hearing what's going on in each other's mind and i'm not talking about just siblings i'm talking about people people
1: in general yeah, yeah. I agree. Now, talking about your personal life a little bit, because you, you're not really hiding it or anything. But since you've been in the spotlight, you have to be based here and you're, of course, restricted because of work or things you have to do. How do you keep your love life going? Strong, I would say.
0: I think um, my boyfriend has a very busy schedule as mm. well. Um, so he's a professional rugby player in Japan. And when you have that understanding that, like, right now it's time to hustle, mm-hmm. you kind of just let each other be. I mean, we always have a rule where we would, like, we'd have to say goodnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just our personality. But we keep it going because we have that understanding that right now it's it's just time to work. And yeah. when it's time to be with each other, it's time to be with each other and yeah i think it's open communication that understanding mutual understanding that that just lets it go smoothly and when you don't i've gone through a few very toxic relationships mm-hmm. as well so having gone through that i'm very clear on what i want and he's very clear on what he wants mm-hmm. so when we're both aware of that, it makes it easier because we know what the expectations are from one another. Mm -hmm. And if we're in a position to be able to give it or not. Mm. Yeah.
1: So communication, you would say, is the key. Communication, yeah. But I'm just curious, though, because okay, he's a rugby player and he's in Japan and he has his own circle of people, society, whatever. And you here have your own circle of people and you meet a lot of people. How how do you keep focus on each other? Because, you know, in today's world, it's so easy to be distracted. Not even with, like, relationship, like girlfriend, boyfriend. Even, like, with friends. You yeah. drift away because you get distracted with so many things. How do you keep that focus on each other? I've never
0: seen him as, like, a, a rugby player, mm-hmm. you know? And he he's always just been, like, Missy to me. His name is Missy. And for him, I'm I'm not Miss Universe Thailand. I'm mm. I'm Anne. Yeah. So when we don't see each other in in the light of our job, because that's just what it is. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's just an occupation. Um, it's not hard to not shift your focus, you know, because at the end of the day, he's Missy and I'm Anne. That's that's all it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. So just because you said you're and how can you okay, let's just so that we know you better as well? how would you describe yourself in three words? Oh, um I would say
0: I would say I'm very real, yeah, I agree, sometimes too real that's good um <laughs> I would say i'm I'm very extroverted mm. and I want to say I'm funny, but Missy seems to disagree. <laughs> so I won't say funny. I would say... Real... Wow, it's so hard to label yourself, huh? Um, Real, extroverted, and
1: honest. Mm. Yeah. I think I think those are good. Yeah. It's pretty accurate, I would say. Thank you. So before we end this up, I just want you to summarize the good and bad of the things you've been through of course there is good and bad things and it's quite unique experience because not many people can say that oh I just went into Miss Universe I won and then I went to Miss Universe Thailand and then you went through all of that thing and now you're in modeling in Thailand so can you give us the pros and cons and the good and bad of that experience so what do we start with the
0: Pros? yeah sure pros?
1: start with the good <laughs>
0: start with the g- no let's end with the good okay yeah the bad would be a lot of people have their own opinions mm. and sometimes their opinions go too far mm. uh, you put yourself in a position where where you're essentially saying like yeah like attack me yeah like say bad things about me but I think that intertwines with the good because it forces you to grow up. Mm. It forces you to really reevaluate what what is so important to you and to take to really just take the simple things in life like find joy in that. Yeah. And it really teaches you how to deal with people actually. You learn how to deal with people so quickly like mm. There are so many different people that do your head in, and you're just like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna do this, do this, do this. Done. Next, like, you just you become so good at reading situations, dealing with people, and then as a result of that, you you grow up a lot faster. You mm-hmm. you you hand you can handle a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's more good than bad, but yeah. the bad sometimes sounds like it's. It's over overpowering.
1: And our last question for today. What are your future plans? Are, do you see yourself modeling for another 10 years? Or do you see yourself doing something else?
0: Um, well, I, I am actually becoming an actress now. So I guess oh, there's wow. that. I'm shooting a movie at the moment. A Thai movie? A Thai movie. It's oh, about wow. Thai boxing. Um, and they're trying to shift the narrative of Thai women. 'Cause a lot of international people see Thai women as like soy cowboy or yes. you know, that kind of yes. stuff. And they're trying to really just change that narrative, which mm-hmm. is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see myself being in this industry for a while because I I have a lot more to say. Yes. But eventually I, I want to go into I want to go into something that has to do with helping people, whether that might even just be like HR. You know that kind of stuff i i want to be surrounded like by people. unexpected sorry
1: <laughs> like hr no, from like you, <laughs> you're always with people yeah. you
0: can talk to them i've always wanted to be a counselor but then i'd have to go back to school for that
1: mm. and i i
0: don't know if school's the
1: right thing yeah at the moment. understandable yeah. maybe in the future though maybe we'll see yeah we'll see well Well, thank you so much for coming in and being so real and honest and sharing your experience with us thank you you for having me thank you thank you yay it was so fun talking to you